This is the Dab Podcast. Under the lights. Uh-oh. Beaver Stadium. Uh-oh. My alma mater. Uh-oh. Hosted by Andrew Romanella and Anthony Rinaldi. He might be able to double that whole salary. Woo! It's showtime. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in to the Dab Podcast, Friday Dab 33. I'm Andrew Romanella, and we have a special edition of the Friday Dab for you today. Ladies and gentlemen, you will be listening to my sit-down interview with three-time World Series champion Shane Spencer. Shane was kind enough to allow us to sit down and talk to him at the dinner with Shane Spencer. It was an awesome night. My man, Anthony Rinaldi, emceed the night. He was fantastic. Mr. Vinny Malzahn, the brains behind the operation of VM Sports. Fantastic event. The people that came, family, friends, it was a great time. And it was capped off with a fantastic interview with Shane Spencer. He was funny. He roasted me which I was not prepared for. He opened up. He talked a lot about his career, and he gave a little bit of life lessons in there as well. So we were, I was individually and personally so excited about the opportunity to interview Shane, but we as the podcast, myself and Anthony, were so excited to be able to help out VM um, and be able to help host the event and are looking forward to future events. Before we get going with this interview, we remind you, you got to get us on Twitter and on Instagram. It's Dab Podcast on both. Visit the website, dabpodcast.com. Check out the gear at the Squad Locker Store. And of course, it's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, it's on Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just remember to rate the podcast when you're done listening. And without further ado, after this word from our sponsor, the interview with Shane Spencer. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. All right, all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, listen. Um, Shane and I are going to sit here and have a nice little conversation. We, we thought we'd welcome you into the conversation. Originally, it was just going to be us two, but we felt like it's probably cooler with other people drinking with us. So, um, at some point, we're going to have you guys raise your hands and ask some questions for Shane. Um, ask away. That's why we're here. And since he just said it, that's where I'm going to start with. I don't know if anyone, everyone in here knows, Shane got roasted last night um, at a comedy club in New York City. And honestly, the first question I want to ask you, man, is what's it like just sitting up there with people roasting you? I don't remember last night. <laughs> <laughs> so should we take this away or we, we're good? No, we're I'm good. Okay with the All right. We're good. But I mean, there's hardly any kids here, so I can say whatever. But uh, I haven't drank liquor in over a year. Only beer. And... Uh, I got to Caroline's and they're just feeding me vodkas. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, ooh. Been, seriously, the last 20 minutes of the thing, I'm still waiting to see the videos. So. <laughs> I, w- I would assume you have to drink if you're going to get there. <laughs> me too. <laughs> That's All okay. right. So I, he did ask me when we first got here, like, anything question, anything. It doesn't matter. I'm right. open book. Anything negative I've ever done. It's all good. I use it for teaching, so it's all good. All right, well, let's start positively, okay? Kid from San Diego, right? Gets drafted, 
I believe it was 1990, just to put it into perspective, that was the year that I was born. So, just to put that into perspective, okay. I still look as young as you, so. <laughs> you I mean, I feel like you could still hit, drop a few over the right field porch at Yankee Stadium. Would you right agree? Right field, easy. You're right. The place is a joke. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get into that. But, you know, Vinny's looking at his chops. <laughs> if, we, if, if it was between you and Vinny, who wins that home run derby? Him. Because I've watched him swing the bat. I heard. He, he can swing it. I heard he hit bombs. Yeah. Well, he's a foot taller than me, so I have to look up like this all the time. He's at least two feet taller. Easy to two feet taller. It's not going to trade off foot taller than you. That, that makes me feel better because I thought you were two feet taller than me, so well, this is good. All right. So you get drafted, 28th round. What makes a guy decide, I'm going to go in the 28th round out of high school instead of maybe pursue college and see if I can get drafted in a higher round? Actually, I, uh, I only got like two scholarships in baseball. So everything was football, a few wrestling, and uh, I got drafted by the Yankees. So back then, you know, you had the answer machine. Beep. And I'm like, oh, this is Tim Schmidt. We drafted you in the 28th round, the New York Yankees. I'm just interested if you want to play baseball. I'm like, the Yankees. Ooh, I hate the Yankees. Like, like, only Dodgers and Yankees I hate. Like, couldn't stand. Because they're on TV all the time. They're right. always winning. So you're like, ugh. Then you start to think about it like, it's the Yankees. Right. You know, it's, okay, that's the one team just because you hate them. So we actually sat down. Me, my mom, my dad. They were divorced, but they're all sitting down there. And they go, okay, let's do a... Uh, this is what the average round, 28th rounder got. It was like two grand the year before. Two grand on a plane ticket. And I'm like, okay, well I can go to college. It's not a big deal, you know. I'm not smart, but I'm not dumb like some people. <laughs> and, uh, I'm gonna so, say that one so, towards me. Each, the, the scout said, you, each one of you write down what you want. So my dad wrote down some, my mom wrote some, and he go, whatever the best offer is, we'll just call the Yankees and we'll see what happens. So my dad writes down something, he wasn't real smart. And then my mom writes something down. She actually threw college in there and stuff. And I wrote down something ridiculous because I was going to go play football. Like, who cares? An hour later, I actually got signed for what I wrote. Wow. So it doesn't matter what it was. It doesn't sound like much now, but it was a pretty cool deal. I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting it. I'm like, I'll just go play football. And uh, next thing you know, I'm on a flight to Florida sweating my ass off because it's hot. I've never been in humidity before. But, yeah, San Diego uh, to Florida. But then my first, co my first coach is, is Hop Cassidy and Mickey Rivers. And you can't understand either one of them. <laughs> and I'm like, are they even American? I don't even know what's going on. Like, and Mickey, I, didn't, I thought he was like Dominican or something because he's like. <laughs> and I'm like, what did he say? He goes, that way he wants to go get the ball in the gap. Like, okay. All right. And I got this long, long hair. Yeah, so it was, a, it, was, it was different, but after playing there for years with them and playing with like, some of my coaches were, I'm still friends with now and I get to do fantasy camp with them, it's pretty amazing, really. What's that like as an 18-year-old kid? A lot of players that probably don't speak the same language as you, coaches that you have no idea what they're saying to you, and you roll up into camp, you think you're probably some hot shot, right? You got drafted out of high school, you're, you're drafted by the New York Yankees, that's the best team, right? You just said it. And you're all of a sudden the bottom fish and bottom of the totem pole, and you have no idea what your coaches are saying to you. How, do you, how does one deal with that? I was not only the bottom of barrel, I was the bottom outfielder on our rookie ball team. We had Ruben Rivera, Carl Everett, Ricky Lede, and me as our rookie ball team. And I'm like, 
this is a mighty. And then you're going against like, all of a sudden you see Cliff Floyd and Rondell White on another time like, and Chipper Jones was like the worst hitter in that league that year. Chipper Jones, and he's a Hall of Famer, right? I'm like, dude, this is, I'm going back and playing football. <laughs> They're way too good. And it is, that's the way it is. Like, right. it's, it's a tough sport, it really is. I mean, these young guys over here, you know, back there. It's a tough sport, it really is one of the hard, I mean, I've played all sports, and it's, baseball is one of the hardest things to do in the world. So why baseball over football or wrestling? You know, because, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's because of the concussion issues. I don't think that that's what you were thinking. We didn't have concussion issues right. back then. Oh, I got my bell rung, you know. No, Next play. Uh, no, I think I, I really chose baseball because of longevity, really. You see the size of the football players these days, and I just thought, like, if something was going to work out, this is my best chance. All right. So. All right, so we get drafted. Now we play a bunch of years in the minor leagues. At any point in time, did you say to yourself, I'm done with this? I can't, I'm not making it to the big leagues right now. I thought this was my dream. I thought this was where I was going, and I haven't cracked that code yet. No. No. I think if, one, if you ever say that to yourself, then you're done. And I think you'll never make it. So I just didn't like the fact that people were telling me you're not good at this, or you're not good at that, you're not a good enough outfielder, you don't have a strong enough arm, or you can't hit the ball the other way. There's always an excuse that they're saying, well, that's, that's why you're not going here. Well, you just keep trying to prove wrong, and you know, as long as you don't get hurt, then hopefully it works out. I so just didn't like that. It's got to piss you off, then, when you see that guys took steroids, especially yeah. at the heart of when you were coming up in, into the I big mean, leagues. I'm not going to throw any names out there, but there's players that I played against growing up in the minor leagues that I know for a fact. I mean, I played against them for six, seven, eight years, and all of a sudden they're like, 40 pounds heavier and hitting 30 jacks and getting making millions of dollars. That's tough to live with, I mean, right. really, because like, you know you're as good as them or better, sure. and then all of a sudden they're making a lot of money there, but down the road I can sit here and you know, say, my, my, I want to be healthy, even though I hurt my elbow last week, but <laughs> throwing a football too. But, uh, but I can hang out with my kids, I'm not gonna have any health issues, I, you know, I didn't, I never had to worry about that. And you know, by the way, they only test you when you're actually breaking, so. I only got tested for like two years. <laughs> after, 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 they never even test you anymore. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> so that made it a little bit easier then. So all right, so you said it for the two years. So I think the elephant in the room is that everyone knows how you made your name. 10 home runs in the month of September, 1998. The New York Yankees, Jeter, Bernie, Mariano. I don't need to keep listing the names. You know them all already. How do you handle that success? Like Shane Spencer, you're looking in the mirror and you're like, I am the New York Yankees right now. And I read a lot of interviews about you, and I know you said that they were in a big lead, so it made your life easier. But at the end of the day, for you to come up and do that, that is freaking impressive. And as a kid that never had that chance, I admire the fact that you could handle that and then go and continue to dominate. Well, I, I think um, there's a few things with that. One, I've been in the minor leagues with these guys for a long time. So when I got called up, four times that year. I was comfortable with everybody. It wasn't a big deal. I wasn't like 20 years old, I was 26. And then we had such a, we did have such a big lead though, you're gonna pitch to Posada or Tino or me or Brocious. You still gotta hit the ball, but you know, I got pretty good pitches to hit. So, <laughs> I, I mean, that is, it is true. I mean, right. it, it is a fact and guess what? They make the adjustment the next year I struggle. I mean, right. that's the way it is, like, they're good. But during the success, you got to be going to the streets of New York City. You have to be, and you're 26 year old. I mean, I'm 28 right now. I can't imagine what it would be like if P. 
people were looking around saying, Andrew Romanella, Andrew Romanella. I, I'm lucky if people look at my Instagram. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, 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 and you can ask any kid. I mean, I was eight years old and I was a Mets fan, just to preface that. So I hated you. Hey, I'm a Charger Padre, so okay, I feel your pain. Well, Philip Rivers. Not bad, though, Philip Rivers right now. Yeah, but that's one guy. Come on. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not a giant fan because I'm a Eli hater. Just let you know. So <laughs> we, we rapped him and then he said no. And he's never beat the Chargers, I'm just saying. Never. Look it up. And that is the end of the interview, ladies and gentlemen. Now. Suck it, Eli. <laughs> You're out the door anyways. Yeah. You're not wrong. It's not wrong. Is that, is that hard to deal with? Is that hard to deal with as a professional athlete? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a huge football fan, right? I love football. I don't even watch baseball, really. I mean, I coach it all the time, but... Yeah, when you draft a guy and Eli, you're like pumped up. You're, oh my God, we got one of the Manning brothers. Like, this is cool. All right, we have a chance. Gone. Hey, we're going somewhere. Else. <laughs> you know, who doesn't want to come to San Diego? Right. Right? Right. I mean, I'm trying to get out of there, but who doesn't want to come to San Diego? <laughs> on Thanksgiving, I was sitting on the beach. It was 70. I'm just, I mean, I'm pretty white, but my feet are kind of <laughs> It beats the weather that we have out here, though. What's it like in Japan? What's the weather like there? Well, I actually work in Korea right now. Korea, excuse me. See, that's why nobody's on his Instagram, so. See? <laughs> yeah, but now that I'm sitting here with you, I might have a shot. Oh, you got it. All right, I'll hit you up See? once. Yeah, I appreciate no, that. No, it's like really, it's like freezing and then really hot in the summer. Really? Yeah, like. Do you enjoy that experience? We'll get back to the cool Yankee stuff later, but. No, I don't like the weather. No, not the weather. Oh, what no. you're doing. No, I love the it. The baseball. I love it. Yeah? Yeah. Besides being away from family and missing like some of the kids' events, it's uh, it's great. It's great. I mean, they're a little bit behind, like as far as Japan on baseball fundamentals and stuff like that. But it's um, I've been there three years and it's been awesome. And but, now you run the minor leagues. Yeah, and the minor league system is a little bit different. There's only a couple, two or three teams, so okay. it's more of a developmental thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, here you might have like seven or eight teams, like the Yankees, seven or eight teams. Right. Absolutely. So it's more personal. I, I would say I have like. 70 players. All right, and, and is there independent baseball in other countries, or is that just in America? No, they have independent baseball. I know in Canada, obviously. No, they have independent in Japan, Korea. Wow. Yeah. So have you learned that in, in your time in the baseball realm that it is the biggest sport in the world? No, soccer. There you go. Soccer. It's true, isn't it? Yeah, football. It is. Football. It's soccer. It's soccer. No, I wish, I wish, I wish. I, I love soccer, so my daughter plays. She's really good, and, you know, but... Nobody else in the world can play football like we can either. That's so. true. And football is now America's pastime. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. Right, it is. Right. You thought about that for a second and no, you realized. I didn't think about it. Just, All right. Just pause. All right, let me ask you a question, okay? I want to get back to New York Yankees. I want to get back to 1998, 99. What's it, what's it like getting a curtain call at, at Yankee Stadium? You could, you could tell me New Yankee Stadium is... Yankee Stadium, it's not. It's you not. played in real Yankee Stadium. There, there can't be a better field. Seriously, I, I mean, we were in Double A, we're in Norwich, Connecticut, and um, they were doing a bus trip for the team to come down to a Yankee game, and you didn't have to go. And the only two guys on the team that didn't go are the only two guys that actually made it to the big leagues. Me and Mike Buddy, and we both said the same thing. Now he's now he's an AD down in Furman. He's I mean, smart guy, but he. Um, we just thought the same thing, like, I don't want to go to a stadium unless I'm actually going to play there. 
you know, so I never went, and then we both got called up that same year, and we actually rode, actually, we were on the road the first time, and he's like 6'4", he had to borrow my pants, Pettit got hurt or something in Minnesota, so he had to borrow my, I always, I was told, always bring a pair of slacks, right, in case you get called up, I'm like, whatever, I know I'm not going to call this or whatever, <laughs> I just brought slacks, so he wore them, and I'm not kidding, he had to, <laughs> all white socks. <laughs> he got called. He, and he took a picture. It was hilarious. I mean, but it's a uh, Yankee Stadium was amazing. Yeah. Seriously, it's there's a whole different aura, vibe. You walk out, the electricity. Uh, only Wrigley Field is the only other place that I've been where like you actually have that vibe. Well, that was my next question. Is was I, I'm sure Yankee Stadium is probably number one for you in terms yeah. of favorite place to play. Wrigley Field is number two. I mean. And I played with the men's, so it wasn't that great. Ah. <laughs> and the second time we're going to end this interview. <laughs> well, was there a difference between playing for the Mets and the Yankees? That sounds like an obvious question, but as a player, what are those other major differences? Mm, yeah, I think the atmosphere, uh, just the clubhouse. I mean, I had great guys. I played with like Lavin and Lighter and then Piazza, special. But there was, yeah, there was, there was something different, and they would ask me like in spring training, like, what did you guys do different than other teams do? And I'm like, no, we didn't do anything different. We just believed we we're going to win all the time. Sure. I said, that was just the atmosphere we had in the clubhouse. Okay, let's do our work and let's get after it. And, sure, and then you have Mariano in the bullpen, so it kind of helped a little bit. But, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of unfair. I heard, I heard a rumor that you showed up to spring training for another team and then you had to use the Yankees spring training facilities because the team you were playing for hadn't opened their facilities. Can you explain that? Because I yes. think that's how far ahead the Yankees were of everybody yeah. else. Um, I signed, so they brought in Matsui. So I left as a free agent. I signed in Cleveland. And uh, me and my wife, we got, a, we got a house down in Winter Haven. I was there like two weeks early. And like I always do, maybe even a month sometimes, two weeks early, and I showed up at the field and the, everything's locked. And I'm like, so I called Eric Wedge as his first year managing. I said, Eric, I, uh, I'm at the field. There's nobody here. And he goes, what do you mean you're at the field? I'm like, I'm coming here to like work out. He's like, oh, yeah, there's nobody going to be there. I, he goes, so you should probably go back to Tampa and talk to the Yankees. And I'm like, this guy just signed me to work out with, like, play with the Indians. And he's like, you should go back to Tampa. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I went back to the Yankees complex. I talked to Mark Newman. I said, hey, can I work out here? You have to sign a waiver. So I worked out there for two weeks. And then I went over to Winterhaven when they opened the doors. I'm like, hey, that's the difference between winners and losers. You think there's still that difference? Well, Cleveland's done a really good job of getting, they've done a really good job. They have a lot of talent. That farm system's awesome. But yeah, and it has changed. I know that when I was there with the Yankees, we'd have like 40 guys down there early, and Steinbrenner was giving us $500. If you were there by February 1st, he was paying us $500 to be there. And oh, wow. He ended up making all his minor league coaches live there in Tampa. Like, he made them move there. Obviously, he helped them out, but sure. next thing you know, so if you're AAA and AA, we actually worked out on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then the A-ball guys worked out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's great. And then you could come work out in the gym or whatever you want. But I, yeah. I heard an interview with George Steinbrenner of the fifth the other day, and he said that winning is the only thing the Steinbrenners care about. Being underneath that roof, is that absolutely true? He said there's I, nothing I, else I, that matters. I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm a George person, so I kind of stay away from the how and those guys. But uh, George is awesome. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, he was tough on like coaches and front office people, but 
as far as what he did for even the city of Tampa, I mean, he got that organization started, the Devil Rays and uh, the Rays, whatever. But like, even like the minor league system, he made sure everybody had a glove, made sure everybody had shoes. That doesn't happen for other organizations. You might get a glove at the beginning, and that's it. That's your glove for, the, for your career, unless you sign a contract with somebody. So Simon really went out of his way to make sure that everybody was taken care of. Strict rules, I mean, clean hair. I mean, I had long hair to my shoulders. You said blonde, long, blonde long, hair? Long, blonde, yeah, long, it's blonde. all dark now, yeah. Sunshine. Sunshine. <laughs> 30 years of the hat on, it's all dark now, but yeah. But really strict rules, but then, you know, it just gives you discipline, and, I, and it's very important, that's, that's the way he was. I'm sure that'd be a pretty good lesson for a lot of the uh, young baseball players in the back of this room. Yeah, right especially now. with the really curly long hair over there. Yep. I don't even know who's yeah, paying attention. Yeah, I'm talking to you over there. <laughs> 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 yeah, we clean that up. That's right, just make sure you're paying attention in class, that's all we care about. You talk about George Steinbrenner. Tell me about Joe Torre. How, how is so Joe Torre as a manager? What are your feelings on Joe Torre? I wasn't a big fan. Okay. I mean, it's, I mean, I was there for five years. I talked to him like five times. Really? Yeah. He was, you know, but he, looking back on him now, I tell people he was the right man for the job. He was great with media, which I come to respect because you know how tough the media can be on people. And, uh, I mean, I played with David Wells. Trust me, I know how bad it is. But um, yeah, as, a, as, as now being a coach and a manager and running a minor league system, being personable is more of what I do. So I definitely don't do anything like he did. So that's all I got to say about that. Did, uh, did you and David Wells get into a fight with somebody? No, David Wells got knocked out, I think, by somebody. <laughs> I can tell you, I'm a good friend with him. I do some charity stuff with him. And I'm not going to lie. We were all laughing pretty good in the state clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got what you deserve. Because, you know, he pops off, he's, and he's just like that. And he's still like that. He just says what's on his mind. Well, he said it to the wrong Guido, and he got knocked out. <laughs> That's got to be a lot of professional athletes, though. You probably see a lot of professional athletes like that, probably in your time in any sport, that just think that they get something they deserve, and sometimes they probably need that lesson. Yeah, I think we all fit a part of it. So it is what it is. You learn from your lessons. You know. Even though Dave still talks exactly the same, so it's hilarious. But he does a lot of great charity work now back in San Diego. He's actually coaching high school. I mean, I said, how much are you make it? He goes, like, 3000 I said, 3000 a month? He goes, no, 3000 <laughs> I'm like, ooh. So that's not the career I'm going to take. But, but yeah. he loves it. I mean, obviously, he made a lot of money, and he does a lot of other charity stuff, so it's great. I'm a college baseball coach right now, so yeah. I think you're on the right path, actually. <laughs> I can slide that this way when you're done with that. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> so your career lasts probably not as long as you expected it to. I think in length of professional career, it's beyond awesome. And I could say that as somebody, again, that's never gotten there. But when people look at your career, they look at you in Major League Baseball, and that was 98 to 04. Do you get frustrated thinking about that? Are you very proud of yourself? Is it something that you said, I put everything into it and I know that those six years are the best six years I could have had? Absolutely no regrets. Like, yes, off the field, regrets. I made mistakes, probably hung out with the wrong people too many times. But it's actually a teaching level now that I can, I can teach my players. But uh, I know what I did on the field, the work that I put in. I got no regrets. I, the first year I got done playing, I didn't watch one baseball game for one year. 
and uh, it was one of the greatest years I ever had. I just was so worn out. Sure. Because eight years in the minor league, sitting on the bus, and I loved every single minute of it. I really did. I, it was amazing. My best friends are minor league players. Um, still to this day, no regrets. You know, and that's all you can do. Even if you don't make it, or you, I mean, I, I didn't think I'd make it. I just didn't like. I didn't like people telling me that I couldn't do it, and that drove me even harder. Like so, I love it. Any of those people that you told couldn't do it when you made it, all of a sudden started calling you? Oh, of course. And one of them just coached with me, or like against me in Korea, Trey Hillman. We were in A-ball, and he told me I was gonna be just like him. Oh, by the way, I love this song. <laughs> <laughs> we had a few people in here wanting to crash the wedding with you. Uh, uh, well, my yeah. buddy's out there right now. There where's, Jason? where's Jason? <laughs> huh? Oh, he's still over there? Yeah. Yeah, that's sneaky, sneaky. Watch out for that guy. You heard two open bars. Right? Yeah. He, he's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, we got free drinks over here. And he goes, yeah, but that's top I'm shelf. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay. That's oh, great. All right. What were we talking about? Uh, I think you. Oh. I think you, because you told me that no one wants to follow me on Instagram. So that's the we ain't talking about me. <laughs> Rapid fire questions. Favorite teammate? I, I always come up with three. The same three. Tim Raines, Mike Buddy, Casey Blake. Any specific reason or just guys you came up with? Uh, Tim Raines just, not only with his obviously Hall of Famer, but smart, funny, but like when it goes game time, there was, his, his focus was totally different. And it was really cool to see. Like he'd be joking around, but his focus, Mike Buddy, one of the funniest, smartest guys I've ever been with. Just quick-witted, just can't help but smile every time. And Casey Blake was the same way. Really good athlete, quick-witted, not as, I think that drew me to those guys. As a manager and professional baseball, do you hate analytics or do you like analytics? Uh, I'm both. Okay. Like if you were to scout me, if you saw me play in April, you would never sign me. But at the end of the year, my numbers were always there. So if you only see me once, you can't just be that guy. So I have to be on both sides saying, all right, these are the numbers, but if you're not seeing me all the time, you gotta go to that. So, it's a fine line. They're trying to change things, but if you can't watch the guy all the time and you don't know him, like I'm gonna do my research on the guy. If I'm gonna sign, if I'm gonna sign slapdick Bobby over here or Eric. <laughs> you know, you know I'm dark over. I'm gonna do my research. So, Vinny, so what do I got on this kid? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I could go on. We, we could make this a roast right now, and I could bury them both. I mean, if you want to, if you didn't finish what you got to do last night, I mean, yeah, I didn't. That's up to you. I didn't get to finish. I didn't get Tanyan. That's what really bummed me. Anything you want to say to him now? Tanyan starts? Yeah. No. I'll, I'll see my fantasy camp. Sorry. What's fantasy camp like for, for you guys going back? Is that a it's lot hilarious? Of Is it? Well, it's great to hang out with the guys, right. our guys. But then you can see all these great older athletes come down and try to play baseball. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I went four for four. I'm like, you got it past the pitcher once. How are you four for four? Like, seriously? Oh no, I crushed that ball. <laughs> but that's how you can't crush the ball when the whole outfield is playing 20 feet behind second base. <laughs> You're not crushing the ball, all right? No, it's hilarious, but you make, honestly, it is the funnest, one of the funnest times I have all year, going down and hanging out with those guys. They're just down there to hang out with us, play baseball. They play two games a day, two night-inning games. I mean, 
they're beat up after five days. It's a pretty cool experience. I mean, it really it's, is. I didn't know what I was getting into, but I absolutely love it. I have great connections. I'm really good friends with a lot of the guys now. I go to the guys' houses now for din I mean, dinners, and it's awesome. I love it. That's pretty awesome. And they're just, they're just Yankee fans, you know. And the next you know, you know, Tanya's doing all kinds of business with these guys and stuff. I'm not into that, but I just want a beer. That's it. That's pretty simple. Beer and fastballs. That's it. Hanging. I like hanging, hanging sliders. Hanging yeah. sliders. Hanging sliders. Watch if you pop a few of those over. That's the best pitch to hit. I'm telling you. <laughs> Favorite pitcher to hit off of in your big league career? Ooh, Dave Burba. Yeah. And then I got traded to Cleveland, or I picked up my Cleveland, and I showed up at the clubhouse, and he did this. <laughs> and I don't know what it was. He tried to drop down on me one time. I got him. He tried to throw a curveball, fastball, splitty, everything. He just finds the barrel. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I thought. I said, dude, you just find my barrel, bro. <laughs> and actually, actually, Roy Holiday was one of my favorite guys to hit up, too. Really? Minor leagues and big leagues, yeah. How he just... He was just one of those guys that had, he did the same thing over and over and people didn't realize it. I let him get to 1-1, 2-1, and he'd always throw, his worst pitch was a cutter. He'd throw me a cutter and I'm like, and I would smoke it. And I'm like, we've been fishing so many times and he still hasn't figured it out. I'm like, what the heck, this guy's nasty. And I, here goes another double, here goes another double. But the guys with like the five ERAs, they're like, oh, you gotta be patient off this guy. And next you know you're 0-2 and they got a wipeout slider and you're like, there was another strikeout. Another strikeout. <laughs> so I couldn't hit those guys. So I was Derek Lowe was probably the worst person I ever faced. That's what, that was my next I struck question. out seven times in a row. Seven. And he threw it inside. I love it inside. But I kept fouling him off my shin. I couldn't hit the sinker. That's got to be one of those swings where you're just like, I just don't get why I keep missing this right so, now. When it should be done. I went off my shin or my knee. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, seven strikeouts in a row. And nobody wore shin guards when you were playing either, probably. Oh, either. You should see the Koreans. They got like body armor <laughs> everywhere. And then they, and then they, I'm like, if you counted this beer, they chuck it all the way out to my buddy Jason at the other bar. Like, <laughs> yeah. That had to be a culture shock, I'm sure. Some of their weird tendencies compared to the weird tendencies. The first year, I was pretty upset about it, really. I'm like, you better, that ball better be over the backdrop if you're going to pimp it. But now, it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm kind of used to it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's baseball. That's kind of their culture. and. But you got these little 160 pound guys and they just hit a double in the gap and the bat flipped over the pitcher's head. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, if you had an American pitcher, you're getting drilled in the ribs. Like, right. But that's just the way it is and it's just entertainment. And I'm actually kind of getting used to it. It's kind of funny now. So I guess I'm falling and Let it not so much old school now. So You don't seem like one of those guys though that the old school is the only way to go. No, absolutely not. You know, like, like Chili Davis. Yeah. He's old school. Yeah. Yeah. He knew he had Pedro Martinez. No joke. He knew every pitch of Pedro Martinez was throwing. He tipped his pitches. But he wouldn't tell anybody. Like he goes, one? you have to pay attention. I'm like, why don't you tell me? I said, man, I'm on a 10-game hitting streak. First time ever. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Over three, two punches. <laughs> so years, I mean, when I actually played with Texas, we had an amazing video room, and I actually just sat there, and I'm playing against Pedro that night. I'm like, oh my God, not another over, seriously. And I just, I just sat there and watched it and watched it, because he said he tipped his pitches. And damn it, he sure did. And I'm not kidding, I got the first at bat, I said, okay, I'm gonna see it the first time. And it ran around, but I saw five pitches. And I'm like, oh my God, I got him. I got him. Next at bat, 
whatever he was doing in his glove. Like, it was pretty crazy because his hand would be out of his glove almost, that he'd change up in his glove with his fastball, and then his hand was, when the wrist was cocked, it was his slider. But he did it when he came up. And uh, I, so I saw it first at bat, next at bat, he throws change up, I'm like, whack, double. I get on second base, and he's just staring at me. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so next at bat, I see him, he throws like a two-seamer, and whack, double. I'm on second base again, and he's like, <laughs> like, like, okay, Poppy. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So now he's still dealing, and we only got like one run out of that. So I'm, I come up there for the bat, and I'm like, all right, he's, he's gonna throw me that slider, and I'm gonna get his ass this time, right? I come up there, men on second base. I think he drilled somebody. I don't know how the guy, maybe in the air or something. So I get up there. He stares at me. He's off the rubber. He's staring at me. And he looks over and sees on deck. He goes, it just smirks. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> first base, 95, right in the rear. Go to first base, and I go over there, and he goes. <laughs> and I'm like, that was like one of my best at-bats ever. I mean, my own base percentage went up. I was awesome. Like, like he hit me on purpose. He, he told me later, he's like, yeah, you had me. You had me. I said, yeah. He goes, how do you know? I said, Chili Davis told me a long time ago he had you. He goes, Chili raped me. <laughs> Chili raped me. I said, yeah, but I was like over like 20 off you. He goes, yeah, but you got it. He goes, I got you. <laughs> he did. He got me good. good. But it was not up here, nothing. Right. It was, right. it was all good. So That's pretty funny. That was just respect, you know. Right. It was just. Like a lot of people don't like Pedro because you know, obviously toss Don Zimmer around, you know, but we like tossing you around, or or my buddy over here. <laughs> I mean, just kind of the ball. Just, <laughs> let me ask. Anyways, let me ask. Right, Luke Voigt. I'm sure you heard a lot about it. I know you've done interviews on this. Do you see yourself in Luke Voigt? Do you see Luke Voigt in you? I mean, that's kind of gay. <laughs> I mean, bro. I'm just trying to get into that. I'm just trying to get into I'm not San Francisco, I'm San Diego. Come on. No. No. We're roasting, right? We're roasting, yeah. We're making up. I got, actually, I never even heard of him, really. I mean, I'm in Korea, and I was getting blown up on Facebook or email from, like, reporters from New York, and... They want to do interviews. I'm like, I don't know who the guy is. I don't watch baseball really. But right. no, I'm, I'm doing baseball the whole time over there. And the time changes, you know, 13 hours ahead. So like, if the game's on, it's like six in the morning. Right. Yeah. So uh, I did a little research on him, and I was like, wow, you know, actually, a lot of similarities. It's pretty crazy. I think I was faster, <laughs> but he's also bigger and stronger. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. He's a late, you know, 20-something round guy and uh, football guy and. He just found his rhythm, you know? He found his place. He's a little more spunk than I do on the field. I'm here on, this is my element, but. Yeah. We could tell. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> on the field, like, you just see the energy that he brought. And I really, that really stood out to me. Like, you could see the guys gravitating to him, you know? He was just on a roll and he was pumping people up. I, that was pretty cool. Especially after Korea, you know? And you couldn't have realized that was going on with you while you were going through it, right? Because you said earlier, you were just a guy. To all of us, it was crazy. We saw what you were doing, but to you, you were just playing baseball. 
I mean, it was actually for me though. It was like that, and even the minor leagues that year, it, ball looked like a beach ball. I just felt like I was a step ahead of the pitcher all the time. Like I wasn't trying to get a homer or nothing like that. I was always just trying to get an RBI. And just, there was guys on base all the time, and it was, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, it was fun to watch too. I promise okay. you that. All right, ladies and gentlemen out here, we want to open up the room for questions that you may have for Shane so that I can stop getting roasted by him. I'd appreciate that. So anybody has a question in the room, just go ahead and raise your hand. We can call it out, whoever it is, whatever it is. Perfect. We're done? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Hammer, go ahead. In my heart, you know, the bolts. <laughs> but I think the Steelers are probably going to win something. Cut your hair. I did that one time. One time. One time. Seriously. I drove one time and I got a DUI. So when players ask me, when's the last time you played in the big leagues? I said, what I got is UI. Seriously. And they're like, what? And you get their attention. And uh, it was a wet reckless. Not that it's a big difference, but um, it's a teaching thing. I was always talking, always tell, you can't do this, you can't drive. And then the one time I do it, I got in trouble. And that's the last time I played in the big leagues. And that was it. I didn't get another chance. So it's, uh, you know, you got to be smart about a lot of things you do. So as far as a coach now, it's a teaching moment, so I can tell my players, and I've never had a player get in trouble under my watch. So I think just be, it sucked that I did it, trust me, because I have to hear about it from the wife. She's like, oh, here's your photo. Yeah, there's, your, there's your mug shot. I'm like, oh, thanks. That was on my screensaver when I got home. Seriously. Oh, yeah, I came home after I got released by the mess. I come home, I get on the computer, boom, mug shot. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> so, yeah, right? <laughs> so, no, it is, um, so no, I'm not, but uh, it's lesson learned, be smart, okay? Smart. Yeah. When do you wear your rings? I never, I've never worn one, one time. Where do they sit? Actually, they're actually in like a little fire safe. I don't even have them out. Yeah. No. I'm not one of the, I, I've gotten... I got a bat from 98, World Series team signed, and that's it. That's the only thing I own that has any kind of memorabilia. That's my baby. If guys like Mariano and Pettit and Jeter soon, as we know, probably get inducted into the Hall of Fame first ballot, will you look back and see if you have anything from them that you might want to keep? Or like you said, you just, it's just nothing to you, right? That's no, I mean, I mean, Jeter gave me a couple of gift bags, but... <laughs> and, and you told me that I was crossing lines. Yeah. By the way, I don't know anything that's true, because I've known Jeter from, since 92. We played together like 13 years almost, and whatever. Media makes that... I never seen it, and I've been with him a lot, so I, I just didn't, never got to get back. So, <laughs> guess you weren't a special one then. Huh? I know. <laughs> Damn it. What's he like? 
because I tell people, I, I just always look at the women when I say it, and I'm like, he's a total jerk. And they're like, oh my God. No way. And I'm like, no, he's awesome. Great parents, obviously a true pro. I mean, you couldn't ask for like a couple, couple of guys that I actually came up with. You just can't see how good they are, not just you know, playing, but like just how smart, you know, it's off the field, everything. You know, Pettit, and Jeter, Posada, Mariano, those guys I came up with are, I mean, how lucky, you know, how lucky to watch them grow up as men and me follow a little bit and just pretty special time for me for sure. Was there anyone in that locker room that was harder to crack than most as a rookie? No, Mo, Mo doesn't talk much. Yeah. I can tell you when he did talk, though. When we lost 2001 World Series in Arizona. Guys never said a word in 11 years. And then he stopped. We have our meeting right there because Tori always says, Hey, Posada, how many games we got? One. So, like, at the beginning of the playoffs, it's like 13. Right? You have to win, like, whatever, 11 or 13 games. So I do the same thing. How many games we got to win? 12. Oh, eight. It's four. It's two. One. And then Mariano stopped everybody and said, had a little meeting with everybody. And everybody's like, oh, what the? <laughs> We're going to lose. Like he's never said anything ever. I, there's a lot of guys like, what the hell just happened? What the heck? And then he goes out to me, he's throwing the ball all over the place. It's like, Okay, baseball gods. You can have your god, but baseball gods got him that day. Yep. <laughs> they did. That's real. Oh, it's real. It's a fact. That is fact. Oh, I'm going to get three hits a day. Yeah, three punchies. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, I'm feeling hot. Yeah. All right. Good. Over five. All right. Anyone else in here? Go ahead. As a fan, it's always exciting when your team is in the World Series. I wouldn't know. I'm from San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, A little bit different for me because the third one when they beat the Mets, I actually tore my ACL at Shea Stadium, so I actually wasn't there. So it was a little bit different. I mean, I was—they wanted me to be there for the playoffs. I came up for the the champ, like the American League Championship, and I felt so out of place in the locker room because when you're there, you know people are—they're working. These guys are working. I, it looks like it's fun, but I'm telling you, these guys put their time in. They're in the cage, they're doing video. They work their ass off. So I went there for one day and uh, I just fell out of place. And I just, I'm kind of embarrassed. Like, I don't need to be there. Gabe Justice came in, so he was there. And a little bit different. You know, trust me, I want to crush the Mets. You know, because in the minor leagues, you actually play, you hate the Red Sox and you hate the Mets. That's the way it was in the minor leagues. And you play in there every time and they're good. They were never as good as us. But that's the way it is. And now, I'm not saying I had anything to do with it. But when I left, the Red Sox all of a sudden started doing better. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> they should hire me. Is that hate real? That hate's real. You're, fr you're actually friends with a lot of the guys. Okay. Like I was friends with Nomar and Veritek and those guys. We all came up together, you know? So, but on the field, we weren't when they're shaking hands. No, we're getting after it. That's 100%. Real. Now it's things have changed. Times have changed. You see out there, they're all hugging each other, stuff. 
We might hug each other like at the bar or something like that or dinner, but when we were coming up, that never happened. Never. There's no way Nomar's coming up and saying what's up before the game. No way. Well, that's what I found interesting because you mentioned that Pedro and you had a good exchange after you threw yeah. 95 at your ribs, but you mentioned it was after the game. So none of that's happening before the game. No way. And I see a lot of that now. Is that is that weird to you to see that? Do you have players? I don't do like that? it. I don't like it. But it's just I think it's just the way things are these days. So I think you just have to accept it and move on. I mean that's just the way that you know it's all entertainment and guys want to show off. It's just the way it is. So if you try to deny it, I think you're going to miss out on something. So I just try to be open minded. I like it. Go ahead. Shane, with all the tech stuff out now, if you use the guest pitches, I've talked to a lot of guys now where they're looking for more of zone. So like Sonny Gray, for example, let's say Sonny Gray is 75% of the time in you know, the outer third zone. Are you looking for zone? Are you looking for pitches? Or what are you looking for? Uh, absolutely looking for zone. Yeah. Um, obviously, in my average, it was never that great. But for me, I was always good at driving people in. And what I would do is I'd watch film. If I had to face this person, I wouldn't watch film on like how this guy's fishing cheater. So let's say in 98, I'm facing Aaron Seeley in Texas. I'm watching how he pitches like Chili Davis. So a right-hander, full hitter, like me. So I watch, and what I noticed was with men in scoring position, he liked to get ahead in the count with a get-me-over curveball. And so that's the way I, I, my whole career was based pretty much on that. Just you, it is kind of hypothesis to guess, whatever, but sure enough, I had second and third. First pitch curveball, hanger, and get him. Yeah. And it, it's just the tendency. These guys, and you talk to like guys like a Tom Glavin and Al Leiter, when you talk to these pitchers, they get stuck in the habits. Like, I don't think I ever made an out against Greg Maddox. And only because Tom Glavin told me what to look for. Yeah. He goes, you can't hit his sinker, you can't hit his changeup. You go, let him get ahead of you with a, with a fastball or a changeup, and then he's going to throw this terrible slider. He goes, just hit it up the middle. Sure enough, I get up there, it's 1-1, one, one, and he throws me this doo-doo slider, and I'm like, boom, hit up the middle. I'm like, my God, is that easy? <laughs> and, and, you know, Glavin's over like, pitchers are raking. So, like, it's crazy. Like, you guys that have played, you guys get stuck in, everybody gets stuck in tendencies, especially pitchers, or even for really catchers playing against Pudge Rodriguez. If there was a fast guy on base, guess what? Fastball away. If you just look out of the plate, you get fastball away because he just wants to get the ball and throw it. So you just get these tendencies from these different players. And that's, that's the crazy part of what people don't understand about baseball. It's like, okay, yeah, it's kind of boring, but there's just little chess games that go on and just, when you win that battle, only less, for me, less than 30% of the time, win that battle that one time but it's a big hit it's that you know it's a two-run double or something like that because you did your homework and it's it's pretty gratifying really so zone zone yeah so that's what i teach zone i'm in the zone right now <laughs> yeah uh, what kind of obstacles did you go through as like not just a young draftee but also as like uh 18 years old you were drafted I mean, what kind of struggles do you go through? This is like not just as a young draft. Um, hitting 182, I think. <laughs> I think I hit 182 that first year. 
and I think it was like the fourth highest batting average on the team. <coughs> yeah, overmatched. No, you just, I think you, you know, you come out of high school, you're always probably the better, best player on your high school team, and you're a better player in the area, and then you go to minor league, and then guess what? There's a hundred more of you right there, and then there's a hundred more. It's like, I've seen some of the greatest athletes that never made it. It's, uh, whether it be an injury or whether it be you know, misused or maybe an attitude or something like that, um, there's a lot of reasons. Or maybe I've seen guys, great players, like say from Stanford, smart guy, they just can't handle not being the guy and they're like, oh, I'll just, I'll just go do something else because they're smart. So you kind of have to be that person that just, you know, you have to deal with failure. And if you can deal with failure, which sucks, trust me, it sucks because mentally, Baseball is probably not for the smart people. It's actually for people like me. <laughs> and you guys. <laughs> Vinny's group, you know. <laughs> Bill, you know what I'm talking about. So you're saying you have to be stupid to be good. I didn't say stupid. I just said not brilliant. Not bright. Not bright. Not brilliant. <laughs> Did you always know you wanted to coach? Or is that just no, something that happened? Never, never even thought about coaching one time. I took a year off of baseball and then uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, I got a resume done and I sent it to the Padres because I'm at home and I got a job. And I loved it. And I've loved it ever since. How does one start loving it if they're not really into that career? Because there's somebody that always wanted to do it. I'm very surprised with the passion that you have for teaching when it was something that you didn't even want to do and yeah. it sounded like you hated baseball when your career ended. Great question. No, I, I don't know. I, there's something more about. I mean, even before I coached the Padres, I, I did. I was coaching in, in uh, Connecticut, and I coached a 12U team. So I'm working with young guys. My buddy Brian Looney, who's helped start my, his baseball academy, and uh, I just really, when you can see you've been working on something, and all of a sudden it connects. You're like, oh, and then you're using something like, say, Chili Davis gave me, or one of my hitting coaches gave me, or Mel Stottlemyre, like all of a sudden it connects. You use that line that they had, and all of a sudden it, it connects. And you know, I wish I could do it with my own kids, but it doesn't work that way. All right, we all know that. But it's just amazing. This, it really is. I enjoy it so much more than playing. Well, I, I understand that, and as somebody that never was able to make professional baseball, but to be able to still impact, you realize it's easy to have an impact on a young baseball player. Just teach them to look at the baseball and hit it. And they'll swing like it's idiots. That, it's that easy. It's that easy. It is that easy. <laughs> that easy. Does anyone else have any other questions for Shane here? Go ahead. Like arm problems? The problem, the problem is, is that most of them, like, they're not, they have to go like eight to nine years of free agency. So they have to play for like eight or nine years and they don't hold back. Like uh, Kuroda came for the Yankees, right? And I played against him. He's throwing 200 innings in a 140 game season, dealing. But, so he's got nine years under his belt by the time he comes over here. So they're pretty worn out by the time they get here. So I know they're trying to change it. They're trying to do a world draft. I think if they did a world draft, I think it would be amazing because there's no reason some Cuban guys get $10 million signing bonus when he's never played at all, you know? So if they can combine everything, I think it'd be great. But 
the reason that those pitchers are hurting is they're worn out by the time they get here. They've been eight, nine years out of high school. Like, they're, just, they're just tired. They're good. They really are. Do they have time to go to school? I don't think they believe it's going to Korea. Japan they do, but Korea. Well, it's weird because in Korea, you can have, so if you're a rookie out of high school, let's say the minimum is like $25,000. But if you get called up, you're still making $25,000. And you get sent down, you're still making $25,000. So it doesn't change until like five years or six years into it. So these guys are kind of screwed. Yeah. So they, they, they always get a raise every year, but so to them, when they get sent down, it's not that big of a deal. They're like, oh, I'm still getting paid. And I'm like, so I think they, that's something that I've talked to them about for an office is like, there's some things that need to be changed over there. So these guys want it more, you know, because here in the States, you make nothing and then you get paid good when you make the big league. So there's that fine, huge line here, but there's no big deal. So I don't think they take it as serious over there. And that's something that I've actually tried to try to change. That's a different type of model. That's interesting. Yeah. Very oh, interesting. Just, you just don't see those guys that get sent down. You don't, when they get sent down, like if I got sent down, yeah, I got a taste of that big <laughs> flight. You know, I got that, I got that, that first lobster I ever had. You want to go back there? I swear, in Korea, it's like, oh, well, I'm still getting paid the same. So I think at that mindset for them, it's really, really, it's not good for them, really. So I'm, I'm that's something I've done with the beatings, trying to get that changed. Do you ever look, look to come back? Do you want to stay there? I don't want to come back. Yeah, you're happy. No, I'm happy. <laughs> That's, it's all good. It's always good when you ask somebody if they're happy they're doing something, they just smile and they don't really talk back. That's good. I, I love it over That's there. Good. I really do. Well, I've, I've appreciated this time. Last, last opportunity for anyone to ask questions before Shane. I know people have to get home, see Sunday Night Football. I think the Cowboys oh, are on. Shut up. Chargers. America's team. I mean, the Chargers. The Chargers, right. <laughs> The Bulls. All right, we're, if we're good here, we good? Good? Well, I, pre I appreciate you allowing me to be up here with you. And Thank you for listening to our interview special with Shane Spencer, presented by VM Sports. Head over to vm-sports.com to check out all their great events and see when the next great VM Sports event will be. That's vm-sports.com, the official presenter of the Dinner with Shane Spencer.